Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, welcome to the Wild Magic School Bus. We're so glad you could come aboard. My name is Connie. And before we begin our adventure, a quick word of warning. This Dungeons & Dragons podcast may contain fantasy violence, language, mature themes, and other sensitive subjects. Listener discretion is always advised. Now, if you're ready, let's buckle up and let the adventure begin. But I have to like I have to say the thing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Walmart School Bus, the most unprofessional D and D podcast you will ever hear. I, of course, am your DM, Calvin Piper, and these fine folk play the game of D and D with me. Uh, tonight's prop players, as we go around the table, uh, Drew is remote tonight, so everyone can wave hi to Drew as he is uh, on the little iPad there. Um, and uh, excuse me. Wait, I do not like being able to be seen by the audience. In you this are seen. state. You are seen. You're like right in the middle. Your yeah. cheeks look kind of flush. Yeah. So I'm also recording that, so I'm going to maybe put the screenshot like below in like the actual video, so he might be like blown up. Drew like, and Drew. Yeah, just like a bigger version of Drew on here. So you will be seen, Drew. Don't you worry. Uh, but what that? <laughs> Zach is not with us tonight. He is currently uh, doing, what did you say, Tech Week? I think that's what they call it. That mm-hmm. might be what they call it. We'll have to ask him. Uh, he's doing Tech Week because he is an actor and he is in a musical. Uh, that is going to be premiering here in Kansas City soon. So, uh, as we go around the table and introduce ourselves, if you could fantasy book Zach in a musical or a movie, I'll make it a little bit easier, what would that be? Oh. I would go Phantom of the Opera. Ooh, nice. Hi. Christine? I was going to have a faster <laughs> one, but no, I'd put him as uh, Raul. I'd put him as the, the guy. The Phantom in the Opera? No. The like he's the, the opera in the opera. The love interest of Christina in the because who is the Phantom in the opera? Who is the Phantom in the opera? No, oh. Christina is the Phantom in the opera. No, she's not. Is the Phantom is the Phantom? It's, in the it's opera. whom is whom whom <coughs> whom whom much is that doggy in the wind? Never mind. Um, We're getting off track here. Uh, yes. Hi, I'm Will. I play Varius, the Tabaxi sorcerer. I would really love to see Zach Kuyat as Troy Bolton in High School Music. Oh, dang. Ooh, okay. I think he could pull off the jumper. Oh, you know he could. Dude, he'd crush. He Absolutely. He crush. And his hair already looks like Zac Efron in 2005. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, got, it's long enough. He could pull it back mm-hmm. if he wanted to, but he keeps it kind of... Bet on it. Mm-hmm. Zac has a, like, 
1995 to 2005, 20-something-year-old playing teenager look. That's just, that is 100. Is there a Degrassi the musical? He's the, he's the Corbin Blue of 2024, really. <laughs> um, I am Maddie B, and I play uh, Wyatt Masterson, the Heron Gone Rogue. Um, I'm not a big musical guy, but uh, I would maybe say Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like Good that. call. I like that. Good call. Also, uh, the greatest showman is an acceptable answer. Anytime you're talking about a musical and you don't know what to say, just say the true. Time. I just think I would have enjoyed seeing him as Sweeney Todd, as yeah. Zach Efron <laughs> in Sweeney Todd, playing Troy Bolton <laughs> as Sweeney Todd. <laughs> what if he was every character in the Greatest Showman? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh my gosh. a one-man Greatest Showman? Yeah. Uh, the Greatest oh, Showman. that sounds like a disaster, but I want I'd to see it. I'd watch that so hard. I'd watch the hell out of that. Zach Galifianakis presents the Greatest Showman. Oh, man. my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, hi. Uh, I am Michelle. I play Nell, and I'm going to say I want to see Zach in, I'm going to say Cats. I think he'd make a fantastic... Cat. How dare you? <laughs> just, Incredible. Just slinking around. Name one. Skimble Shanks. Got it. Nice. <laughs> right. Uncle Jerry. Huh? Did you Google that? No. Isn't one of them like <coughs> jug, jug? No. Jungle Knot. Jungle You're thinking of the Aristocats. Oh, yeah. That's probably. Uh, Grizabella. Ooh. Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. Bumbleerina. Rumple Teaser. Demeter. Jelly Lorum, one word. Mungo Jerry, also one word. The Rum Tum Tugger. The Glamour Cat. Those are some weird names. McCavity. <laughs> Your cavity, dude? It's M A Cavity. McCavity. <laughs> Asparagus, aka Gus the, seed, the Theater Cat. Mm. There's, Gus Zach. The- there's that Gus the Theater Cat. I don't cat. like that Bumble Arena is a babe. What? Very That's sharp features. totally a babe name. Victoria. That's... Mr. Mistopheles looks terrifying. All right, Mr. Mistopheles is amazing. Hey, everybody, this is Drew. <laughs> I play Constance, Connie, Connie the Reach, Connie the Rocket. Um, brava. <laughs> uh, I'm not feeling too well. I've got two, and you have to, um, you know, you have to go with it because I'm not fe- I'm feeling poorly. Um, so I think I would like to see him play, um, oh, Kylo Ren. Okay. Uh, but not, not Kylo Ren, um, Ben Solo. Okay. In like a prequel, like explaining, you know, Luke and Kylo's relationship. Um, yeah, done by, uh, Oh, what's what's his name? Zach Efron. Huh? <laughs> Capra. Okay, cool. No, he said Zach Efron. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing's written by Zach Efron. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. <clears throat> Actually, there is a play um, that just closed called "Some Like It Hot," which is based on my favorite movie of all time. And uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one. Him to play Josephine. And I will play Daphne. Oh, oh, you're in it too. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Drew, what part can I play? Because I want to be on this now. 
Oh, um, well, if you kick, if you kick him out, then you will play Josephine. Done. <laughs> There's only two roles <laughs> in this movie. Uh, yeah, you can play Joe. Okay, cool. I'll play um, Josephine. What, Gerald, Jerry. Um, there is actually like an old millionaire guy you could play. That's kind Screw of a fun done. part. Done. I'm done. I'm. I'm done. <laughs> He's done. He's finished. He's moving on. Hi, my name is Matt. Um, I play Zook Magoop, male turtle, wizard six, level six. Um, I haven't been here in over a month, so if you started listening after the one shot <laughs> Christmas special, don't know why you would start now here, but starting just in the middle of stuff. Yep. We were speculating if you would quit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Feels like I did. It's been yeah, it's a long time. A long time. Uh. I was also gonna go with a feline musical of sorts and choose The Lion King. Ooh. I was thinking Young Simba, or more so. And the then Drew lines. could play adult Simba. Not Young Simba. How much Simba? <laughs> He's not at the uh, at his computer. Right it's now, fine. So. I guess he could play both roles of Simba. He could. Yeah. Yeah. Could pretty do, easily. He could do make that. it work. Do you know they're trying to do like a? Prequel Lion King, like early Mufasa days. Young Foss. Yeah. Just more Starring lions. Michael Foss Bender. I don't know who they're going to do, but I'm cool. fantasy book. That'd but yeah, sweet. I guess that, yeah, I guess they're trying to, I guess that's, it might happen. I don't know. I mean, I'd but, watch it. Yeah. It looks like it'd be Rafiki cool. Rafiki so. in his Ooh, teens. Brian Rafiki, that's. <gasps> who plays Rafiki? In this room? No, no, no. Oh. In general. Uh, Troy Bolton. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. His name is Childish Gambino. So. Oh, girl, just drop, <laughs> drop it, it like I almost said down. drop it like the nest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to teach Drew about the mute button. And while we're doing that, we're going to go ahead and jump into episode 22 of the Wild Magic School Bus. We're in double digits now. Here we are. <laughs> the last I have is eight. So the last time we were here, the band of adventurers had overcome quite a few bizarre scenarios, starting with drawing cards from the deck of many things and having having not only just these insane uh, twists of fate, uh, but lives almost lost in some aspects. And then, when all of it was said and done, the deck was tucked away safely so that it could do no more harm. Except that it did. Because one well-paid thief swiped the cards from Kestis's pack and brought them to none other than Barrios, who then returned them promptly to Quentin Togglepocket, owner of the Afterlife Casino. After trying to convince Togglepocket to maybe go a little easy on his friends for their in discretion I think that's what I think that's the word anyhow uh, he drew a card with Quentin to see if uh, that would help smooth things over uh, a lucky persuasion roll and cards were drawn the fate of Quentin is unknown but Barrios was then shunted into the Feywild where he had 
an indeterminate amount of time where he spent wandering and seeking, ended up running into some fine folk and a somewhat familiar entity known as Luna. After being sent back to his own world, uh, he landed face first on the dinner table of the Bravas compound where everyone else was enjoying the evening meal on the second night of the people's celebration. Where he was promptly eaten. Where he was eaten by everybody. After that was smoothed over, there was the conversation that Connie then began to have with everybody and Wyatt, inviting Wyatt to become an associate of the Brava family. Wyatt accepted this offer and became a marked individual bearing the small leaf-like tattoo on his hand. Then Connie took the conversation away from everybody else and had a a brief conversation with his mom, revealing to her that he discovered that his uncle was indeed behind some of the nefarious acts. He believed that his uncle was behind many of the nefarious acts that have taken place in the last few days. He confided this in his mom, who urged him to be cautious, which he promised he'd do. And that is where... Oh, and then there was a terse conversation between Wyatt and Connie about how Wyatt said, you should have told me beforehand, you son of a bitch, I think. Went that way. I don't know. Um, Gas. Gas. Mm -hmm. uh, But that is where we find ourselves tonight, with everyone having a full rest uh, and waking up the third and final day of the people's celebration. Now, for those of you who are... Uh, who, for those of you who don't know what's happening on the third day, uh, I will quickly explain. The biggest things that are happening today are <clears throat> the obvious final fight between uh, Connie the Reach and Hibiscus uh, Quencher. The uh, rematch of the century, as people are calling it. It's uh, surprisingly been well advertised, so it's it's becoming quite a, quite a big thing. You can see these magical flyers have pretty much uh, plastered themselves to every corner. Uh, very uh, old, uh, like Apollo Creed style, uh, like Aww, like man. five of the century. Oh, rest in peace, Carl Winters. Um, <clears throat> and so that is happening tonight. That's the fight of the century. And then after that, the celebration actually takes place, where the ceremony of the transference occurs, and everyone witnesses it, and it's a great thing. And then the evening is filled with frivolity and celebration and, <clears throat> and great times. And that will conclude. Uh, the people's celebration. So, the day is yours to do whatever it is you'd like to do. Uh, and then, when everyone's ready, we will go ahead and move towards the fight of the century with <coughs> Connie and his rival, Hibiscus. That was Rihanna, not Beyonce. <laughs> what? The song I was thinking oh. of yeah. Rihanna. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> well, I uh, don't really have any plans for today. Other than to exist and maybe talk to some people. That's a that's a fair thing to do. Um. um. Well, I think I should probably at least tweak a few things about Connie's outfit tonight. If my name's going to be attached to it, so Connie, what would you like in an outfit? I'm thinking singlet. I'm thinking skin. I'm thinking shimmer. Yeah, I love I love all of that. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. All right. You know, give me a give me a little uh, a little pre-fight shrimp and some you know real skimpy, flashy outfit, and I think we're uh, good to go. 
The shrimp will inspire it like a crustacean, an exoskeleton, full of glitter. <laughs> You'll have a Connie tail. Connie the shrimp. Connie the shrimp. I think Zook still has some in his shell from like 20 episodes ago. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> <laughs> Shellfish Connie. No, I mean, I think, I think you know, we we stick with Connie the Reach, Connie the what was I going by recently? The Comma. Comet, Connie the Comet. Well, if we're gonna go with Connie the Reach, there are things called mantis shrimp, and they've got a wicked punch on them, and they've got reach. So maybe Ooh, we're modeling like like mantis that. shrimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be like some prop uh, gloves that I have. Like, so you're just gonna casually just throw mantis shrimp in my world then, now? Like right just before the fight, I thing. toss them off. You know. <laughs> so the only issue with that, though, is um, and I kind of like seize up for a second. The mantis shrimp has the ability to see colors that don't exist in the human planet in our prism, so you won't be able to match the color scheme exactly. I don't know what just happened, <laughs> uh, but bear that in mind while you're threading today. All right. Could that be some kind of advantage to us? Like, maybe you weave the magic of the mantis shrimp into the outfit, and then I can see colors. Again, doesn't exist in my world, but go for it. <laughs> <laughs> He's been eating scrimps since episode 11. I'm having a hard time hearing Calvin deny the things that I'm saying. The That's true. You are the furthest away Calvin, from the if you're going to tell That's me no, true. can you speak up and say it clearly? No. Okay. <laughs> no, the rabbits were chewing on the cord. He was yelling at one of the rabbits. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goddamn it, that's good. Um, okay, so you are gonna go ahead and attempt to recreate an outfit for him. Uh, go ahead and roll a performance check for me as you're uh, commencing this activity for the day. All right, let's do it. Uh, 25? Ooh, twenty-five. Twenty-five. Flawlessly, you create the most illustrious. Uh, not only uh, wrestling or sorry, uh, boxing attire for him, but entrance attire as well. Stuff that can be uh, quickly disrobed as he's entering the ring. Um, it's the stuff of legends. It's going to look great. As he walks, it has some perpetual motion to it. So there's like little punching gloves Ooh. going on above his head like this. Of course is there like is. Is a pow sign? Yeah. Bam. Pow. Pow. Whip. Of course there is. Whip. Grab. I feel like I'm not even going to have to fight wearing this thing. Um... And with that, I'll go ahead and I'll give you um, Scuff Links, which grants you advantage on all attack rolls until the end of your turn. Remind me to use them. I will do my best. Okay. Um, have you spoken with uh, Hibiscus about the fight's arrangement, or are, are, you, are you going to be, um, you know, fighting uh, for real? As, as it's, it's a legit fight. Now, hold on. I, I should probably ask him. He calls Janet into the room. Hey, hibiscus. <laughs> <laughs> Let Are me you... consult my notes. Um, the last conversations that you had uh, with Uncle Zoo, essentially the idea was that you were going to take the fall so that this upcoming fight was going to be your grand... Uh, return to glory. So, okay. yeah, it's fixed. Okay. Um, so that's the that idea. Helpful. Yeah. So. Yeah, but- no, it's uh, fixed. I mean, it's real. But wink, wink, wink. 
<laughs> Drew, think of the kids in Blue Room that always made your head explode. That's how you're behaving in small group right now. <laughs> All right, so yeah. uh, <laughs> as everyone is gathering that stuff, uh, as you are gathering that stuff, that's going to take you most of the day to kind of prepare that and get that done. Your unheard servant is definitely going to be busy at work, uh, d- uh, darning needles, preparing spools for you, uh, bringing bolts of fabric down uh, from your uh, from your little area and helping you prepare. Are you doing this in your shop or, or your uh, little apartment, or are you bringing this all to the compound? What do you? No, I'll do it in my, in my okay. Shop. So you you spend. I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a of a of a jaunt to get there and back, uh, but there's enough transportation in the city. Actually, Kestis will volunteer to. I'll go ahead and 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 uh, ride you ride you with me. You can hop on. Let's go. And he'll take you. And, and let you Huzzah! ride him. I'm going to put lots of perplexing cutouts in his outfit. You're not going to be able to explain or have any rhyme or reason as to why his patch of skin is showing. He's going to love it. <laughs> come nice. on, come on, come on. As you uh, ride off into the sunset. Uh, so yeah, so that'll keep you o- preoccupied for a while, but uh, you are still free to be involved in anything else that goes on today. Did you say darning needles? Yes. What does that yes. mean? Um, when you... Wait, am I thinking this correctly? Darning? I think it's needles used to fix... Oh, uh, for like socks and uh, stuff. Yeah, they like to repair. They like to repair threads and stuff a lot of times. So like if you have a hole in a sock, you use a darning needle. Okay. Yeah, you know, darning needles. Didn't anyone ever darn your socks for you? Um, No, I explicitly darned my own socks. (laughs) Darn. (laughs) Does Does Barry even wear socks? No, not with this. He's like a barefoot me? kind of a guy. He's showing his... No, he wears uh, shoes, but... He, oh, like, he's showing show his, his little ankles. toe beans to the world. No, he's Ew. wearing shoes. He's wearing shoes. All right. Is... Wait, what are your hands I, look I, like? I, I definitely yeah. 100% um, picture Matthew McConaughey as this naked, hairless cat. Yeah. That's, actually, that's actually not far off. Yeah. Yeah. It's really... It's a very cool picture because it makes me realize... How much like a hairless cat Matthew McConaughey already looks? All right. All right. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's pretty mm. good. I mean, it's all like the angles, like the high cheekbones, the you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. What uh, what was McConaughey's favorite president? Garf. Tell me, Garf. Lincoln. Oh, because oh, of the car. Yeah, because the commercial. Oh, that was bad. That's good. I was just trying to stall like, while the DM figures out what he's supposed to say. I think you're going with like Andrew Garfield because of the cat thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out how you're going to make all right, all right, all right sound like a president. Yeah, me uh, too. Taft. All right, all that, right, all right. That sounds like a Taft thing. Ooh, <clears throat> what's what's Matthew McConaughey's political leaning? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. Now his political leaning is hook 'em horns. Yeah, true. UT football is a religion. <laughs> um, okay, so that's gonna happen with uh, Kess is gonna help you do that. Um, it's just gonna leave. Baros is just kind of hanging around unless something interesting happens in his life. Which... No, yeah, I'm, I'm just skipping Doesn't to the festival. Doesn't he go by Barrios now? What's that? Doesn't he go by Barrios now? Uh, Barrios. Barrios? Barrios. I feel like we're saying the same word. <laughs> um, 
Barrios is moving throughout the town and just kind of interacting with the uh, the festival as a whole, uh, which leaves Zook and Wyatt. Is there anything you guys are attempting to do uh, today as you are as you have the have the afternoon, early morning and afternoon to explore? I'd like to imagine, just because I've missed so much, that Zook's like the background character in those movies that's like eating the food and like <laughs> laughing and reacting to everything that's going on. Um, everyone's so tonight seat. is yep. all Zook all the time. Mm-hmm. The entire time. Um, I will tell you though, uh, Matt, uh, as per Zook's kind of proclivity, uh, he has been making a lot of notes and observations about the festival itself, being that this er- there's an abundance of fey in this uh, carnival that has Ooh. shown up. So you've been making lots of different notes about that. You also spend a lot of time interviewing Barrios. Actually, that'll be something you could do today too, is also interviewing Barrios about his travel to the Feywild and what that entailed uh, to the best of your knowledge. So There's a blinking dog. <laughs> Don't all dogs blink? All of it blinked. <laughs> it was a, a full body blink. without eyelids. <laughs> it's true. Blinking dog. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think uh, Wyatt's probably. It's been a minute since he's been home, so he's gonna run back to the. Um, the after the discussion with Connie, mm-hmm. he just needs a minute. Sure. <clears throat> so he's gonna run back to the uh, tavern where he's got his room. Sure. Yeah, you can definitely go, uh, head back to the tavern. Uh, your room is. In the the order that you left it, no one no one's been there. Um, yeah, are you or doing anything? Sp- have you doing have you doing anything specific in here, or are you? Uh, I think while I'm here, uh, uh, Wyatt kind of like walks by, um, just still kind of perplexed a, a lot about what's happened and not being able to remember a ton, and so he goes back to his chest to see if there's other things in there um, that might help him kind of jog his memory a little bit. Okay. You go back to the chest that you've opened in your recent memory once before. um, And in it you find uh, remind me you you've opened this chest before? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you remember what you found in here the first time? Um, I found like some black clothes mm-hmm. and then found a garrot mm-hmm. in there. Okay. And then that was, I kind of quickly shut it the last time I was in gotcha. there. Gotcha, really gotcha, gotcha. Dig through it. Um, digging, are you going further? Yes. Go ahead and make a, this is an easy DC, but go make an investigation check for me as you're uh, looking through this thing. Gonna twenty-two. Twenty-two. With a twenty-two, you move aside some of the clothing, take the box with this excuse me, take the box with this bizarre kind of tool and set it aside. Um, and you find a few other small items. It looks to be uh, a pouch with these strange kind of uh, brownish uh, porcelain looking uh, balls 
that uh, seem to have been sealed over with some sort of a wax on one end. There's about probably about five or six of them in this pouch that you find. Uh, you also find a very sturdy, uh, very lightweight uh, kind of a grappling hook. Um, you also find a couple other uh, odd instruments. You find a, a leather case with a bunch of uh, tools in it uh, that you've, you know, they're small tools that have like weird bends or, or waves to them. Um, and then you find another uh, hard leather case that has a couple of uh, large rods and a couple of small, looks like pickaxes or, or like a, a tined instrument of some kind. Um, none of these strike you as familiar, uh, but they seem to be well used and well maintained. Um, and then you find, uh, with a 22, you're going to find a bag of baby carrots. Yes. Um, you're going to find <laughs> a note. And hmm. The note uh, is, is, it's a very simple one. It seems to have some information detailing um, uh, this city for some reason and a couple of names on it, names that you don't recognize. And as you move that note away, with a 22, you can see un at the you're at the bottom of the chest. But you have this feeling that it's not like, it, it's shallower inside this chest than when you see it on the outside. You feel like there's more depth to it than uh, than what you're seeing right here. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull those things out and kind of set them to the side. Sure. And just clear it. And then see if I can maybe, like, reach around or feel any sort of, like button or trigger or anything that would pull the base go ahead and make another okay. investigation oh, check for me uh i'll say this one's at advantage because you've uh discovered it a 17 uh yeah with the 17 you kind of reach into the case and press it down on the uh the the bottom which now is a, you see is a false bottom and it pops up with like some sort of a spring inside and you're able to kind of lift it up and push it back and underneath is a very shallow box but enough to hold a couple of interesting items um, the first thing you find is a small scrap of cloth uh, kind of like a, a lavender color it's torn it looks as if it was ripped off of something um, but it's a, just a simple old piece of cloth. It's already, excuse me, it already has some uh, some some fading and some almost like disintegrating of the edges just based on its age. Um, but it is interesting. Uh, is there any sort of like writing or anything on this? Not on the fabric, cloth? no. Um, but there is writing on the envelope next to it this envelope is sealed with a wax uh, seal it has not been opened the paper is aged uh, you would guess for a while uh, and even the seal itself even though it is a sealed envelope 
the wax is so old that it is like cracked and brittle. It's not even really holding anything uh, together anymore. Um, the what you assume was probably some sort of a reddish wax is now turned almost kind of like a grayish, just due to the time it's sat here. Um, but on the envelope itself, uh, there is a name written across it. Uh, the name is Elvis. Did he say Elvis? Albus. Albus. Like an owl bus. Yes. Does the name ring any <laughs> bell at Just all a, yeah. to me whenever... <laughs> Just an actual make a history bell. check. Make a history, history check. check. Yeah. Five. Ooh. No. Um, <clears throat> not not to your knowledge has, has that name ring a bell to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to delica- delicately uh, open up the envelope mm-hmm. uh, to see what's in that. Uh, two things. A small golden locket and a note. the note the note simply reads uh, my dear Al I don't know if you'll get this not sure where you are your father won't say much but assures me that you're safe I hope this finds you well, and I do hope you'll come visit. You are missed. Love always, Mom. Doesn't have... It's just Mom. It doesn't have any sort of other just says Mom. name of that. Okay. Just says Mom. Um... Okay, at this point, I'll just kind of uh, tuck it back into the sure. envelope and uh, put the things uh, all back, not knowing exactly what all this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, As you're uh, setting all the stuff back, you can't help but notice there the locket in your hand. Uh, it is closed, but there's a little clasp to it that it looks like it can be opened. Okay. Uh, I'll open it, see what it says. Uh, popping it open, you can see set in there is um, when you first open it, there's nothing on one side of it. Nothing appears. Uh, but as you open it, there's a strange little like bluish flicker and then an image of some latent arcane magic appears and very much like the newspapers in Harry Potter, this kind of si- kind of silent moving image on the locket. Uh, it's a picture of three individuals, um, all uh, look to be look to be herringons. One of them is um, this older gentleman with kind of these uh, tiny uh, round glasses, kind of set on top his nose. Uh, one ear flopped down, the other straight up, um, and he's just kind of sitting, looking exasperated. 
uh, but kind of like pointing to whatever the the magical equivalent of a camera is. Um, the other individual, uh, she looks, uh, she's laughing about something and holding this tiny little bundle of, of a little baby herringon who's just uh, erratic and chaotic as all get out. Uh, but it seems to be they're trying to get a picture. Uh, and while there is chaos in it, you can see that there is, uh, it, it, they're having fun with it. Um, but yeah, it's just his family of, of three herringons. The other side of the locket, whatever was there is gone, but etched into it, like scratched into that side of the locket, there is words. And you, you have to squint to read them and, and decipher what they mean, but it looks like an address? An address to a location here in the city. The Hubber. The Hubber. Um... <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay. Um, I'm going to close the locket and mm -hmm. uh, put it around. Like, is, is it attached to a necklace? Oh, yeah, it's got a chain. Okay. Yeah. yeah, then I'm going to put it around my neck. Okay. Um, and then uh, continue to put all my things away. Uh, mm -hmm. And then as I leave, I'm going to try to go and see if I can find uh, Zook. Sure. Yeah, you uh, close everything back up, close it up, uh, setting down that, that first note that you found that... Uh, has that strange name written across it and kind of close it and just slide it back. 
Um, as you step out, go and make a perception check for me. Earlier you said erratic. I believe it's erratic. Thank you. <laughs> yes, correct. You are. Do you have inspiration currently? Yeah. I think you do. I mean, I'm not giving any more. That's so. crazy. You should just give it to me. Fine. Hey, Ford, you can have my old one. <laughs> Thank you. I still have one. I don't it's think I earned one. it. No, yeah, it's fine. You can it's have a it. 26. 26. Uh, nice. <laughs> we, don't, we haven't done this very often. I'm excited we get to. You don't notice as you leave your room. With a 26? With a 26. Across the street. A hooded figure watches you leave from a adjacent balcony. With a glint of a scope. And sets down a tiny little mug of something and just watches you as you leave your room. I, with a 26. With a 26, you notice. do not notice it. It's Zook. He's in every scene, remember? Yeah, it's Zook. <laughs> just eating the shrimp. Tea. Just, it's just a, <laughs> a bowl of pho that he sets <laughs> um, But yeah, you, you do not notice that even with the 26. So... That's a sneaky boy or girl. That's um, a sneaky day. <laughs> with that, you leave uh, your uh, tavern abode and head back towards the s- center of the city where the celebration is being held and where you know Zook would probably be. Oh. Okay. Um, Nell, since she set um, the unheard servant off to work and he's got all of his plans and stuff out, um, I'd like to go back and check on the snail stables. The Snequestrian Center. Yeah. They said that they would have some snags for me. <laughs> I believe it's the Esquestrian Center. Escargo. Oh. Esquestrian. The well. Drew, um, you can have inspiration. That's <clears throat> not you. how this works. <laughs> um, okay, so you. Uh, he couldn't hear you, so. He needs to speak up. I cannot hear. When he's denying people things, <laughs> it was the rabbit again. <laughs> he actually okay. didn't. He didn't deny you. But if anyone's looking okay. at my my um, character sheet, I do have it. Yeah, you head to the you head to the uh, stables of the Brava compound, uh, and no, this was this was in the um this wasn't the stables. I don't think this was um um Dimitri Circus. It was outside. You're going of back there. to the circus to talk to the giant snail people yes. there. Okay, yeah. You head there, the and you can see, uh, you can the see there is, uh, there's a race that recently concluded, uh, and several of the snails are being sent back to a corral uh, just off uh, from the racetrack area, uh, and there is about three or four individuals who are kind of like uh, standing by the gate, kind of having a conversation as you approach. Uh, they all kind of turn to you and wave. One of them uh, looks to be uh, Elvin, but the top of their head is weirdly resembles a head of cabbage. Um, with like these weird kind of like leafy kind of like Ew, things growing out it. of it. Um, another Romaine. one, uh, another one is uh, gnomish in stature, uh, but has arms that are far too big and like long for them. So think like knuckle dragger, but he carries them well. But they're like enormously big for him, and he's also kind of like a blue, like a light blue, mm-hmm. uh, but like neon almost. Um, and the third, the third individual is, uh, I don't know how else to say it other than the creature from the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. uh, like a, a, a mer fish person with like weirdly sweaty skin uh, and large irises that have no pimples. I didn't 
love them. Yeah. Uh, and lovely. Which one of them was it you said that was viciously whipping the snails, telling the worthless piece of shit to get back in their stalls? <laughs> None of them. Okay. Um, but as you uh, approach, they all kind of turn uh, uh, to look at you, and the uh, one with the large arms is just like a afternoon to you. Hello. So I came over here. I think it was just yesterday, the day before. Anyways, I raced one of these snails. Oh, did you um, win? I did. Oh, congratulations. Yes. Um, well, I was wondering, I are any of them available for purchase? Purchase. I'm in love with these snails. They look, all, they all look. kind of look at each other and look um, back at you. It's not weird. I'm just short, and they it's get around course, pretty quickly. Uh, no, I, I completely understand. I mean, we all love the snails too. And the other two nod their heads enthusiastically. He's like, uh, you have to understand, though. Um, we don't. We own. We don't own the snails. They're all. Uh, well, they're like us, the the, the living, breathing, sentient uh, creatures with their own uh, hopes and dreams, and and they do this for for the enjoyment of it. Oh. Oh wow, did that's they... really problematic. Do they ever? Hmm. Well, I've heard about their species. Oh, all right. That they lay an abundance <laughs> of eggs sometimes. Is that true? Well, maybe like. Normal uh, face snails are different. They don't snails. Like, well, they're from the face wild. So they're just oh. face snails. Um, they don't lay in a bunch of eggs. Normally, just one at a time, and then they grow from that. So, if they're sentient, you're saying if they decided they would like one of them would like to come live with me, that. <coughs> You would just let them go. Well, I don't see why not. They make their own uh, make their own choices. Take me to the stables. <laughs> they Please. all turn around to the pen that's right behind <laughs> them, where all the snails are at. It's right here. Well, I don't want to just barge in. It's their house. Oh, you could just knock. Just say you're there to see Snail Earnhardt. <laughs> I'm here to see Snail Earnhardt or Snail Earnhardt Junior. <laughs> Raise do, do you say that? Praise snail. <laughs> do, do you say that? For sure. Yeah. Uh, so as you say that, you watches all these like eye stalks like turn to look at you, and one of them uh, pushes through with, uh, and this snail is about the same size as the other ones. His uh, shell is a little bit uh, thicker around the sides, um, and as he pulls up to you, underneath both his eye stalks are these weird, weird little like fuzzy, uh, like like just like poofs right under its eye stalk. Uh, and it kind of rolls up to you and kind of blinks at you curiously. Uh, and it just regards you as it pulls up. Um, I don't know if it would work with these, but I have speak with small beasts. And I can well, communicate. definitely not small beasts. Simple but okay. ideas to small or smaller beasts. Be my friend forever. Help as a snail. You said what? This this snail. It's Calvin as a snail. <laughs> The thick, the thick shell, his thick forearms, the uh, tough support, the, his beard. So, oh my god, that's so true. I'm going to say hmm. uh, snails technically don't uh, snails technically don't know any languages, but these are face snails, so they're a little bit snails. different. Yeah. Um, and so as you, 
as you are attempting to speak with it, you do hear uh, a voice in your mind uh, it, where it's like, uh, are you looking for snail, snail Earnhardt? Yes, I am. Ask me. Snail Earnhardt, do you have an adventurer spirit? Do I have an adventurer? Well, well, of course I do. I, lo- I love to travel and, and be a part of this just, just fantastic Fantastic thing that we do here. You know we like race around, right? Like it's a it's I a do. great little attraction, mate. And I'm here to offer you maybe what could be a mutually beneficial thing if you like racing around. I also like racing around, but on the backs of snails. Snails. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to misspeak. No, it's quite alright. But I was hoping maybe you or one of your kind would like to come live with me and come adventure with us. Oh, well, that's a mighty fine offer. I, I can't speak for all my kinfolk, but I could, I could sure shoot and ask him about it. See if any of them were interested. And in, what about uh, you, Snail? Oh, but, uh, you're you're too kind. Uh, no, my adventure days are, are far from over. Uh, being uh, getting up there in age, so you know, uh, getting ready for for smooth pastures and wet marshes. I love that for you. Thank you. What about Junior? Well. What about JR? <laughs> Maybe. Yes. If you wouldn't mind. If oh, your kind I'd... does something like that. If they like to go adventuring. Or if that would be something they're interested in. I would adore to have them as company. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let me uh, let me, let me, me speak to him for a moment. Uh, you'll hold here. Go ahead and roll a persuasion check for me. Hell yeah. Oh, no, 29. <laughs> oh, nope. You're not getting stuck with Kyle Bush. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm, and a little impressed. Dude, my nose is about to bleed trying to think of goddamn NASCAR <laughs> racers. Uh, Danica Kurt, Patrick. Kurt Busch. She's from the hometown. There you go. <laughs> like, the well's on the way. That's the only you Jeff Gordon, so I got it. That's it. Yeah, I'm Jeff done. Gordon. I'm out. Sniff. Nope. Sniff snorting. Nope. Not going to happen. Um. Tignataro. <clears throat> Snightning Snickween. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Oh. Snicky Snobby. Tennessee <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Snurbo. Yeah. <laughs> Snurbo. Snurbo. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, DM's got a potty. All right, guys, we've got to come up with more names to kill time. Please, guys, all I want. Okay, hold on. Snurbo, I think, is the best one so far. <laughs> That was great. That's all the racers. Brock Thorne. I think Shell on Wheels is a great one. Oh my god. Oh, nails, yeah. Uh, NASCAR racers most famous. Come on, Matt, you should have this on lock. You're oh, the NASCAR, NASCAR buddy. racers? Yeah. Uh, Daryl Waltrip. Yeah, the Daryl Waltrip's one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a stroke here. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bobby Labonte. Yeah. See, no. <laughs> I'm just letting I'm just letting him go. See how, how many you can pick. God. Uh, uh, Richard Petty. Tony Stewart. And the Heartbreakers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> I mean, they are absolutely terrible. Last yes. race with Mary Jane. <laughs> Last race with Mary Jane. That's great. 500 laps to kill the pair. Jimmy's Johnson. 
Jimmy's Johnson. Snowy Snewart. Here yeah. comes Nell Webb on the number eight Jimmy's Johnson car. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, what was that guy? The Pharma Bro, Martin Crowley. Screlly. I feel like he would want to do NASCAR. Mm. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Drew, you, you muted halfway through that sentence. Yeah, I muted halfway through that thought. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so. Uh, like, for me right now, what we're doing here, it's almost a dream. Almost? Mm-hmm. I thought every week was a dream when we were here. Well, yeah, in that way. But this is like the kind where I could do anything and there would be no consequences, you know? Time to test that theory, buddy. <laughs> uh, after a few moments, the uh, snail Earnhardt returns, uh, and he uh, he speaks to you in your mind again. He goes, well, I spoke to all my kin, and uh, they're all grateful for the offer. Uh, however, most of my kinfolk here are uh, uh, kind of beholden to Dimitri and, and what he's doing here. So they're uh, politely declining the chance to adventure however your your vitality and your will your your desire to to have grand adventure is something to uh, respect and so with that we'd like to offer you a gift and so he uh he's one moment <laughs> into his shell nell's wiping tears off her face mm-hmm. nobody wants to adventure that's all right uh he appears and one of the eye stalks uh, sets down this uh, little tiny, uh, little tiny shell. He sets it in front of you. He goes, "Now this is a special shell. If ever, and I mean ever, you need me or my kin to help you, in whatever the capacity that is, you take this shell and you whisper, Shelly, set it down." We'll come running as fast as we can to help you out. Is this like a one-time use? <clears throat> I don't rightly know. It's kind of a weird magic thing, and being fey, you, never, you can never tell with magic. Uh, but be that as it may, uh, I know. It, I guarantee it'll work at least once. Uh, beyond that, I have nothing to do. But let me just say this from the bottom of my shell. Don't ever stop adventuring. You've got an adventurer spirit, and, and I, I believe you're going to be you're going to be one for the books. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. My heart is broken, but I'm happy that you're staying here with Dimitri, if that's what you truly wish. Um, if you ever come across another with an adventurous spirit, <laughs> please remember me. I love your kind. He reaches out, touches you with an eye. <laughs> Ugh, it just sticks to your skin. <laughs> It's like uh, those little uh, hands. And as, he, as he does that, the rest of them uh, begin to crowd around it also, one by one, graciously. Bless you with their stalk. By the end of it, your hair is just sopping. <laughs> like when a dog like, licks it. Yeah. Like, it's called a moistening. It doesn't happen to many people. <laughs> yeah. It's a sacred... Sacred ritual. Uh, yeah. Barrios is just in the corner of the, the stable like... Why couldn't it have been me? <laughs> uh, okay, so you leave with the with the snail shell. Okay, snail shell of destiny. Uh, a summoning shell is what you can put down if you'd like. 
Uh, it is not an item in D&D Beyond. I'm sure it's not. What are you talking about? It's, yeah, because I have to come up with this bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, um, as all that is happening, we're going to go ahead and transition forward as we're coming to kind of the tail end of the day and prepare for what everyone wants to be a part of, the final fight of the century. Oh. Did you know there's a NASCAR Hall of Fame? Yes. Do you know that? I didn't know that as of two minutes ago. <clears throat> Learn all kinds of stuff about race cars. I feel like um, you knew a little bit more with those. Uh, uh, I knew all those. I knew those out. racers' names. I did not know they had a hall of fame. As the evening, as the day begins to descend into evening, everyone begins to amass by the middle docks where the floating uh, platform has been raised, and the fight of the century is taking place. Uh, uh, just off the side to the platform. <clears throat> There are several tents that have been set up for uh, anyone who is approaching the platform to come up and speak and to prepare for everything. Um, Several tents have been set aside for uh, the fight to happen. And so in one of these tents, you all can gather uh, fairly easily as the day goes on to prepare for the fight. Uh, Connie, you are sitting in that tent on a small cot, uh, letting Nell put the final touches on your uh, robe uh, and your costume to prepare for your entrance. Uh, the crowd outside, the the energy is beginning to build out there, and there's like chanting going on, and and the din of the crowd is literally beginning to drown out all other city noises uh, as you're preparing for uh, the fight this evening. Um, as you are all in here getting ready to uh, prepare, at the tent door there is a uh, gentle knock, uh, which, I mean, you can kind of hear, but there's a gentle knock at the, well actually no, there isn't a knock, the tent flaps, uh, flies open, uh, and as you're all kind of in here, and uh, Uncle Zoo steps in, uh, just kind of like rubbing his hands together. He's like, oh boy. all right, we done it. We're here. It's the final tonight. Connie, how you feeling, buddy? Oh, I'm feeling great. Uh, right as rain, Uncle Zoo. Um, Excellent. This going to be a great fight. How all you right. feeling? I'm, we're, hey, we're here. I'm ready for it. It's going to be the fight, of, the fight of the century, man. I'm telling you. This is gonna be amazing. I, I have no words for it. It's it's just gonna be, it's gonna be the best. Uh, now, have you been have you been eating any shrimp yet? Don't eat be, don't eat any shrimp, right? We're not. Don't eat any shrimp. No, we're not supposed to be doing that right now. You, this is the fight you're winning. We're not gonna be throwing up all over the place. Oh right, to, right, 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 right. Oh man, I, I you know <laughs> I just really like the shrimp, so I thought it was kind of like a tradition. I get it, I get it. I, I, I celebrate it afterwards because we're focused on the fight now. All right. Now get up here and, and, and get, get, give me some punches. We're gonna we're we're gonna try this out. Give me some punch. Come on. He puts his hands up in anticipation. I punch him. <laughs> okay. Uh, this well, fight's gonna be great. It's gonna do flawless. All right. Um. So you uh begin to spar a little bit with your uncle. Um. Everyone else is just kind of preparing for the evening, watching, uh, waiting. Uh. There is another. Uh. There's more movement at the front of the tent as uh. Your mom and uh, both your sisters actually uh, come in here this time. Um, all of them excited and, and kind of uh, chatting about how the fight's going to go. Your mom fussing over you as usual. Um, but yeah, so uh, Alice, your first sister, the uh, the magical one. And then the other sister who hasn't arrived yet, Petra, is the other one. And she is now here. Uh, much shorter. Uh, looks a lot like your mother with kind of short uh, cropped black hair, 
Uh, she's much more quiet, but uh, she nods at all of you respectfully after introductions are passed around uh, and just kind of watches uh, Connie as he's uh, warming up with his uncle. Um, but as uh, as the kind of the pleasantries die down, uh, you can hear the crowd picking up. And after a few minutes, uh, Uncle Zoo kind of steps back. He's like, all right, <sighs> I think this is it. You ready to do this? Yeah, Connie breaks off and goes and uh, hugs Petra and like picks her up and is like, Petra, it's so good. I'm so glad you could make it for the fight. Oh, <clears throat> she did, kind of, thank, thank you. Uh, thanks, Connie. You're kind of crushing me here, but it's all right. It's, yeah, you're, you're, you're tough. You can handle it. Yeah, okay, you, sure. Looking mm-hmm. around here with all my friends and all my family, it's just got me thinking, you know. I just became lord of this manor. I didn't tell you guys about this, probably. The keep. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it It was the the deck of men. Lots of things uh, caught. It gave me some stuff. Anyway, I was thinking, like, after the festival and everything, it might be cool to, like, I don't know, you know, really work on bringing this family together. I thought maybe we could, I don't know, yeah, get close to, as a family, Uncle Zoo. Uncle Zoo kind of, he looks at you, Zoo. Of course, yeah. Of course, Connie, whatever you want to do. Hey, it's wait, vacation, whatever you want to do. I'm sh- I'm sure we can make it happen. There's nothing. Once once the fight's over, the world's ours, man. We're going to be, the Bravos will be doing what they do, thriving, surviving, having a great time. And uh, you'll be the number one contender out here. So, yeah, we can go wherever you want. We head to the capital. We can head, head anywhere in Udall, wherever you want to go. Can wait. we do an insight check? Yeah, make an insight check. As he's saying that, Connie's like, the fight of the century is a non-title match. Well, it's a hundred percent a title match. But he said he's going to be the number one contender for the title. Yeah, and he'll be the one with the the title. So people will be contending for his number one. He's going to be contend. He'll be the contender. People will be contending for. Is that how it goes? No, he will be the champion. Oh. Well, hey, you'll be a champion. It's even better. Connie, we need to talk about your management. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know it? <laughs> I'm here for fashion and fashion alone. <laughs> What'd you roll, Connie? Huh? You roll your insight? <laughs> 13. 13. Uh, he seems fine with it. Doesn't seem like it. It seems like an odd request for you to, like... You don't haven't really talked about going anywhere, but he's yeah, he's nothing nothing odd about his response. Um, as everyone is, uh, as as all of this is happening, and as the the crowd is beginning to chant and everything like that, uh, your uh, your uncle's like, all right, let's get ready. It's, it's show it's show time. You ready to go? Uh, yeah. Let the, I mean, honestly, like, why are we even waiting? I'm, I listen to that crowd that worked up let's do it uh and as he turns around to uh kind of lead you out there the tent flap app opens one more time and stepping in there are four individuals who none of you have seen before uh but they are all the stockiest and most well-dressed individuals you've ever seen uh they walk in with determination and alertness and after all four of them step in a fifth individual steps in this man is wearing a large golden yellow uh, like 
main jacket almost that uh, reaches down to his feet. Uh, large rings adorn every single finger. Tacky. Uh, he carries this Watch chain. This chain that holds the top of the main uh, connects to a large amulet that sits right on his chest. Does it look like an upside down pyramid? Does no. he say, I pity the fool? No. Uh, but he steps in, his long hair uh, is pulled back, uh, slick, and a beard uh, neatly trimmed into a point. Uh, as he steps in, the wrinkles around his face uh, tell of a very, very old age, uh, but carries himself without the slightest hint of uh, infirmary. Uh, but as he steps in, all of you regard him as like, ooh, who's this guy? Everyone else immediately recognizes Grandfather Leo, the head of the Brava family. Gasp. <laughs> Thank Matt, you, Zuke. Matt has a catchphrase. Um, as <clears throat> Grandfather Leo steps in, his eyes immediately take in every single one of you and look directly at Connie. And with just the slightest whisper of a word, but carrying immense amounts of power, he goes, leave. And immediately all of the bravas out the out the tent. Oh, did he mean us as well? I think he just meant bravas. Oh, easy. He continues to stare at you. Just kidding, scurrying on. I'm gonna I'm gonna go visit Grandmother Willow. Which is different from Grandfather Leo, I think. <laughs> um, Zook grabs the bowl of shrimp he was gonna give Connie <laughs> and starts walking out. out. Um, which leaves uh, Connie with you, the four individuals, the four guards, and your grandfather. Uh, he walks up to you, grabs you by the shoulders, immediately uh, embraces you, kisses you on both cheeks, pulls away and kind of holds you at arm's length. Uh, and you can see this this ever so slight smile uh, kind of creeps onto his mouth. And he goes, My son... You're doing so well. I had to come back and see this fight of the century that everyone's talking about. He looks this like, little thing, I he, mean, he looks you, you up know, and down. This one of the projects I've been working on. He looks you up and down. What the hell are you wearing? A mesh tank top. Oh. Perplexing this. gaps. <laughs> Pop, pop, this is the way of the future. I'm telling you, marketing, that is what has been missing from fights. We have not been tapping this resource. I mean, you know, we used to fill little dingy, you know, fight clubs, but we can fill arenas and we can create storylines. And when listen, Connie the turns around, eats it up and they know it's fake. It's beautiful. I mean, we're printing money. When Connie turns around, cheeks. Asses, chaps. Um, your grandfather. Sure. Lo- That's canon. Your grandfather mm-hmm. looks you over and nods slowly and goes, "Well, the, the proof is in the 
proof is in the examples. You've shown you can do it. That's impressive. I'm proud of you. Listen. I've returned from the capital because I feel you and I need to have a conversation. One that I unfortunately have not been able to have with the members of my family as of yet. But I believe you're ready for it. And he kind of walks. I think that would be a good idea. He kind of nods. We need some change in this family. I think you're the one to do it. And he kind of like, he kind of pauses for a moment. There's a, there's a hesitation in his, what he's about to say. And then he kind of pulls himself back together very quickly and he's, but after, not before. Go. Fight your fight. Make us proud. And after, we'll talk. The gravity of what he thinks may be being said by his grandfather is like, he is not really willing to accept mm-hmm. it. He's in pre, pre-fight pre mode, mm-hmm. you know? And like, he hears the words, but doesn't want to ruminate on whether or not it's it's what he hopes for, you know? Because mm-hmm. that's too big for him to think about during a fight. Sure. Uh, All right. Well, then I'll see you after the fight. And this one's for you, Pop Pop. He, this time he cracks a smile at the mention of his, uh, <clears throat> of your name for him. And he brings you in. And instead of the formal kind of like, uh, embrace that he did beforehand he actually pulls you in and holds you there for a second and just kind of st- doesn't say anything just hold you for a moment and then lets go re- again re- quickly regains composure of himself lets you go and is get after it and then without saying another word turns around and walks out the four guards immediately uh, following he stealthily hides a small tear that appears at the corner of his eye. I have a plus 10 to stealth, so I think I get away okay. with that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of I course. make a stealth check. Um, as you wipe that away, a few moments pass, and then uh, a, a couple of your friends, I assume, re-enter, and your uncle's well, and he's like, alright, you ready? I'm, pa- I'm already past them. Alright, you push past and start walking through the crowd. As you make your way out uh, into the the streets and towards the uh, towards the uh, ring itself, the crowd begins to erupt. There are sounds of cheers. Uh, you can see f- uh, petals being tossed into the air. Uh, a couple of arcane pops and whirls of some prestidigitation being cast. Um, as are there people, like spotlights? Uh, there is uh, light. Ev- there's magical light everywhere, mm-hmm. basically, but no like direct spotlights. It's just illuminating. Mm-hmm. Um, there are. Uh, around the ring itself and around the podium, there just seems to be almost like day. Like it's, all, it's as bright as if the sun was out. But everywhere else out in the city, it is beginning to reach kind of that dusk where it's it's kind of hard to see now. Like you can't really see a lot of stuff just because the the you haven't really adjusted to the dark yet and it's still a little bit light out. Uh, but so, as... 
as he in said, the actual arena, is there artificial, like a lot of artificial light creating, like just flooding this thing? Yes. Okay. Uh, but as you step out into the, uh, as you step out and up onto the platform, it slowly begins to rise up uh, above and begin to move above the river so that everyone can see it. And as this happens, you can see uh, there are, <clears throat> it rises up so everyone can see it. And there's almost this weird distortion where it seems like everything that's on the platform begins to enlarge to the point where you, even if you are, even if you are a hundred yards away, it's almost like you can see it. Uh, in in pretty good detail, actually. So uh, everyone begins to watch it, and as this happens, uh, you can see there's one individual in the middle of the ring who begins to announce using some sort of a thaumaturgy, and their voice is booming across the thousands, the hundreds of thousands, or the tens of thousands of uh, people out in the city. And he begins to uh, he begins to uh, regale everybody with the story of is uh, tonight, 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 the fight of the century. Where one who fell shall reclaim his glory, or will be ever sent as second best in the greatest fight this side of you all. <sighs> Crowds lose their minds. He goes, In this corner, we have, and he begins to announce a hibiscus uh, quencher who is standing there, uh, dripping in just this like oily sweat. Uh, about an about a 16-pack, if that's even possible, uh, lines this guy as he is just standing there, uh, stone-faced, staring straight forward and just, like, not moving, but, like, looks like he's meant to be preparing himself. All of the uh, <clears throat> all of the individuals who are attending him uh, are, seem to be talking to him, like, uh, preparing him, uh, but he continues to stare straight ahead, seemingly on one goal, um, and then begins to announce Connie on the other side, calling him, obviously, Connie the Reach, Connie the Comet, Constance Bravo, just all of the names that he has. Uh, and as that happens, he uh, the announcer snaps his fingers and swoom, in the air appears this uh, fighting belt, which is not like the belts that we have where it's like a massive like thing like in the middle and a bunch of stuff on it. Not like a cummerbund. It's more of a uh, simple, almost like maybe like two or three inch wide leather belt with a couple of uh, uh, rivulets on the back to attach it and then encased across the front is just this beautiful magical script that seems to kind of like undulate and flash with these different colors and there's some jewels set in it to give it a more oh ostentatious look uh, but it looks like a belt that anyone could like wear just day to day it's not I like know an over the top it's not what you're describing but do you remember in the early 2000s where they had like led belts that would like scroll? kind of yeah yeah that's Hot exactly like belt buckles yeah. uh-huh. pretty sure pete wentz had one when fallout boy was on tour <laughs> i can tell you with certainty he did <laughs> <laughs> um but any yeah so that is the uh so that is announced. The belt is shown, and everyone is uh, again cheering and and hooping and hollering because it is it's getting crazy. Uh, but as uh, the two face each other and kind of uh, acknowledge, um, you know, one another, the bell is rung and the fight begins. Uh, Connie, are you ready for this? Oh, 100%. All right, so let me go ahead and quickly give you a quick uh, rundown of how this is going to work. Give me just a second. All right, so here's how this is going to work. You are going to get 3d6 that you roll. 
Uh, and this is going to be very straightforward. I don't want to make this super elaborate and hard to kind of keep track of, but it's basically going to be 3d6 versus 3d6. Uh, whoever wins the best of three in that role wins that round. Three rounds and the game is over. So it's if you score two higher than him or three higher than him, you win that round. But if he does, he wins. And however, and however the dice fall, the dice fall. And that's how this game goes. And then you can elaborate how you want the fight to kind of progress as it goes on. But this is just basically okay. a brawler okay. fest. So, so and any... let, let the dice dictate the outcome and then elaborate. Correct. And it. then you can elaborate however you want to do it. So, uh, But the okay. fight begins. And uh, you again, you were expecting this to be kind of be a straightforward, like, all right, I'm here to reclaim my honor, stuff like that. It immediately strikes you that for some reason, Hibiscus Squalor is not... Hibiscus squincher. He's not. That sounds cooler. Even better. <laughs> That's the next one you fight. Uh, hibiscus quencher uh, is, is not holding back. He immediately sets off and begins to uh, assault you with a, a fury of blows that you did not expect, uh, which immediately send jarring, uh, like shock up your body as you try to block these oncoming attacks. Uh, but we will go ahead and roll and see what happens. Roll. Rule, rule, rule. <laughs> All right. For the first round, I'll go ahead and call out what he does, and then you can tell me uh, what yours are or if they meet or beat. So, his first three rolls are as follows a two, a three, and a six. No, oh, that's so uh, easy to beat. I got two, three, and two. So, you. So, uh, meet it. So you make you meet one, so you beat it. He beats you. Two, three, two. You meet two of them, technically. Yeah. So he beats you. Yeah. So this round goes to him because you meet two of them, but do not beat his six. Uh, so it the first round is immediately takes you by shock as he begins to assault you with pummels, gets you up against the railing, uh, kind of catches you with a couple of haymakers to the sides where it brings your arms up to your face to kind of block them and he immediately comes in with an uppercut that catches you off guard sends you reeling into the uh, panel the crowd going from ecstatic cheers and wild kind of uh, yelling immediately begins to dim as they realize like oh oh no like this looks more like a who put let that man in there with this fighter and not a oh this is gonna be a fun fight um much to the displeasure of a lot of people, including uh, many of the Bravas who are all ringside with you, or not ringside, but down at the docks with you guys, who immediately begin to like look at each other with fear in their eyes as they realize like this is not going the way it should. Connie. Um, all right. End of that round, uh, you kind of stumble back, uh, beginning to feel blood kind of forming around uh, parts of your, uh, some bruises beginning to form, a little bit of swelling near your face, uh, and a little bit of blood from your chin where he caught you with the up uppercut. Um, this is now round two. He is up by one. You have to win both these rounds in order to come away victorious in this. Go ahead and roll your 3d6 and tell me what your numbers are. I don't know how that advantage for a round would work this in this instance. But no, can't be done. It's oh, yeah. just straight roll. Okay. Maybe re-roll one. Uh, yeah, you could re-roll one if that, if that works. Trying to see if I would win the fight. Oh, really? How are you doing so far? I'll let you know when you tell me. Roll the two. And got a three. So I got four, six, three. Four, six, and three. Okay. 
he rolled a one, a two, and a four. So even one, two, what? One, two, and four. So nice. even with his best roll, he still does not beat you. You you are going to win this round clean. Go ahead and tell me what Connie begins to do to counteract this onslaught because as he steps back, uh, giving you kind of a minute to just the briefest moment of reprieve. Uh, the bell doesn't ring to stop the rounds. This is just until someone ta- until someone quits. Uh, he- yeah. So I think with that first round, Connie, the first the first two hits that he blocked were like he was just thinking, man, that's a little harder than we th- than we were planning, you know. And and he was planning on throwing some, um, you know, nice effects. He's got his uh, his um, oh, what do you call it? The minor illusion, he was going to throw some like blood splatters and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But he's mm-hmm. like, oh, crap, this guy's really hitting me. And then when that one lands, just lands right on his face, just stares into his eyes and sees that this this is for real. Some He's been double-crossed. Mm-hmm. Can we see, like, do we perceive any of this happening? Yeah, you immediately notice the fight is not going in his favor. Um, so you want to second round. In that, no, this in is that the first round. For, this is still first round. Oh, boy. Attack. He just flips around behind him uh-huh. using acrobatics, just like spins around behind him off the rope and just pummels him three times in the back of the skull. Uh, the, so it's not, you don't have to do it three times. This is just like over the course of the round okay. that, that based on it. So these rounds are probably going to take, these rounds are probably going to take a few minutes per round. So this is, this isn't just going to be a quick fight. This is probably going to be a 10, 15 minute like mm. brawl kind of a thing. Uh, so in the first five minutes, you are on the ropes the entire time. But the next five minutes, you are beginning to come back with a lot of flair and panache and begin to use your speed uh, to your advantage uh, as he is swinging wildly, uh, connecting on a few hits, but not as hard as he was beforehand. Uh, and it seems to be now kind of taking a couple of hits uh, as well. Is there anything you're targeting on him other than just like general blows? Or is there anything you want to like target liver, in this fight? Go for the liver. Uh, yeah, what's exposed? Oh, yeah, his his big old uh, his big old um, <laughs> yeah, the, okay. Back. You, if he's you, been working that much on the front, he's been uh, neglecting the back. So I go for the kidneys. Ooh, That's good call. Cool. Yeah, so you be you're dancing behind him, taking as many body shots to the kidneys as you can, uh, causing him to grunt and stumble back. Uh, several of the kick uh, blows. One kick lands really, really nicely, and it kind of sends him stumbling for a moment. Uh, which gives you separation and a chance to breathe before uh, everyone charges back in for their third round. Uh, so we're now 10 minutes into it. Uh, both of them are sweating, bleeding. Uh, the fight is looking neck and neck at this point. Uh, but Connie's still shaken up from that really, really rough first five minutes. So anything, um, are you trying to attempt something? Yeah. Um, okay. I would say we're probably ringside, especially me as like manager. Are we close enough? How close? You know what? Sure, I'll go ahead and grant you that because you and uh, you there's there's nobody ringside is in like jumping in to help him at any point. But I would say you and uh, Uncle Zoo would probably be near the ring, kind of like coaching along at this point. Okay, Uncle Zoo, hide me. Just cover I'm, me. I'm sorry. Um, what? I'm gonna try to cast antagonize on uh on what's his butt on hibiscus. Okay. So I whisper a magical word. Quinjah. That's the, that's the magical word okay. this time. Um, that antagonize one creature of your choice within range, 30 feet. Yeah. Uh, target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, he takes 44 psychic damage and must immediately u- use his reaction to make a melee attack against another creature of my choice. 
that I can see. Um, <laughs> if the target can't make this attack, um, he instead has disadvantage on the next attack roll before the start of my next turn. On a successful take, save, he takes Incredible. half as much damage. I love it. So we're going to go ahead and use the disadvantage portion of this uh, to make him re-roll one of or his die. is the ref nearby? Because I'm having him punch the ref. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna. So just so I'm Double clear, you're gonna scrub this entire match and disqualify everyone no. for a cheap shot. No. Okay, just making sure. We're gonna go ahead and give him disadvantage then, based on this roll. Uh, so here's what we're gonna have to do because there's gonna be a lot of mechanics here for this. You're gonna have to roll a high enough sleight of hand check to make it to where no one notices you tampering with this. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of people watching this. There are again. Tens of thousands of spectators and a lot of people on this platform. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be an easy roll. I'm going to tell you right now, DC is 20 for the sleight of hand check. Does it? Do I get advantage because Uncle Zoo? Ask We're going to roll a performance me. check for Uncle Zoo to see how well he does. Okay. If he can beat a 10, then yes, you get advantage. Okay. You rolled 16. Okay. So he uh, just kind of like, uh, uh, like grabs you and puts you in front of him and kind of leans forward and like slacks the, the mat and he's like, come on, Connie, keep your keep feet moving and like kind of presses you up okay. there to kind of like cover you for a moment and he goes, make it quick. All uh, right, so. I need you to make a sleight of hand check. That uh, is a natural age. 20. There you go. Very oh. nice. All right. Within Wait, nat- oh, I have to roll again if I have advantage. All right, okay. No, we didn't get a god roll. Just had to okay. check. There you go. Oh, man. You never know. Um, easier if you're rolling dice, just saying. I don't. Uh, my dice are over there. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you cast antagonize, giving him disadvantage on the roll. You say, Quincha! He does and need to make a wisdom saving throw. What's the DC? Uh, 16. 16. I just, I don't want to completely negate that. That is a 14. That is a okay, failure. sweet. Uh, is a wisdom save you said? Yeah. Okay, then yes, it is a 14. Um, <laughs> it's a constitution. Oh, he beats that. Um, no, so with a 14, he fails, so you whisper Quencher and... Uh, as he goes in for this kind of like uh, like overhand like hammer uh, hit on Connie, he steps and kind of missteps it's and kind like of damage like if hitches. That makes a difference. Yeah, there's no disadvantage. It's just his. It's the disadvantage on his roll. There's no okay. damage. Okay. Um, but he's gonna swing down and kind of like hitches when he hears that and kind of throws him off his focus when he's going down for this hit. Uh, so now we come to the third and final roll. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and roll. Uh, Quincher's three rolls, and one of them is going to be at disadvantage. I will take the highest and re-roll it. And then whatever that is, it is. Uh, and then, Connie, you'll go ahead and roll your three and see if you beat uh, his. He rolls a three, a five, and a six, so I'm going to re-roll the six. And it's a one. It's a one. Oh. Oh. Let's go. So, oh Connie, you need to beat a one. You need to roll a two- and a four or higher. Never really five, two, five. Beats, you did it. With that, you successfully five, two, five? Yeah. Two fives and a two. Yeah, you beat. because uh, I was like two twos, I was like, ugh. Nope, it's 2-5, so yeah, you beat. So with that, how, at the end of this grueling match, Connie, how do you emerge victorious? Grab his dick and twist it. Do not grab his dick and twist it. Your dick twist. <laughs> I mean, you can, you if you want. It's kind of a brawl. It's not really a... There's no rules to this. Grab his dick and no. twist it. Is that right, Will? 
Yes, absolutely. No. Um, no, I think I think you know seeing <laughs> seeing his buddy uh, now because Connie noticed naturally. <laughs> he knew he knew what Nell was doing. Natural uh, dude. I don't know. Uh, being buoyed up by that bond of friendship, mm-hmm. um, he just busts out everything he's got in that last moment and does this whole like shadow step, step of the wind, feather foot, not feather fall, <laughs> feather fall. <laughs> just reading like, his entire he does character. Step sheet. of the wind into the air, mm-hmm. like and then slow falls down, but then like speeds up right at the last second and right. just stomps this guy on the head. You begin to assault him with a fury of blows uh, and those who are around the arena watch this as as you hit another punch falls and another punch falls and they begin, they begin to appear in rapid succession on his like upper chest and, and lower and lower torso um, in such a speed and ferocity that it looks as though two, four, six, eight, twelve versions of Connie are beginning to like go, 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 and begin to assault him uh, before he swoom, in a moment of shadow disappears from a haymaker uh, by hibiscus before swoom, appearing up in the air slow motion spinning kick as uh, Quincher looks up and the heel of your foot wah, into the side of his face a resounding crack as his jaw dislocates from the hit he goes down to one knee you land on both feet and one more one final thing as he looks up at you like tears welling in his eyes from the assault what's your last thing that you do before you send him to the mat the Shadow Realm. <laughs> Fireball. My name is Inigo um, Montoya. What, what was that? Oh, man, I can't remember that movie where... Oh, yeah, Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Where he like comes up to him and he's about to chop him right in the throat and he goes, live or die. And he goes, die. And Connie reaches out and tweaks his nose and goes, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you tweak... Hibiscus Quincher's nose and push and he falls back boom onto the mat as soon as he hits the bell boom, boom, dongs and the crowd loses their mind you hear the sounds of pops and explosions as fireworks begin to erupt across the entire city you looking from where you are uh Nell, up on top of the platform, you can see out into the the city itself, miles of city. There is explosions and fantastic lights. Somebody expended a skyride spell. It says uh, Connie. The, yeah, there's there's skyride spells. There's, there's one that says Let's go, Connie. The next one says Hi, Biscus. Back and forth. <laughs> it's Duke's crazy. Throwing handfuls of shrimp into the air. Just throwing like, shrimp into the air. The <laughs> crowds are going wild uh, as. Uh, Hibiscus Quincher lands on the mat and is pulled away. Uh, Nell and uh, your uh, Uncle Zoo immediately uh, surge up onto the mat, kind of lift you up. Your uncle picks you up and kind of sets you on his shoulder uh, as the ringside announcer kind of walks up and hands you, uh, extends out the uh, belt, the championship belt, and goes, Congratulations, sir, and hands it to you. And he goes, Ladies and gentlemen, the champion of Utah, Connie the Reach! The crowd loses their mind. You hold the belt high. Excitement and just like excitement and glee just kind of emanating from everything around you. And a little bit of trepidation, as in the back of your mind, you know the night is not quite over. And that is where we are going to leave you all 
tonight with the high of Connie's victory before whatever else. The high of biscuits. The high of biscuits. Before anything else uh, happens, we're going to go ahead and call that there. So, well done, Connie. That was, uh, I, the dice told the story. <coughs> so, that was, that was well done by you. So, I was waiting um, for a Spider Man 1 reference. Uh huh. Either, you know, when the Flying Dutchman's car. Oh, God, my leg! <laughs> nice dress. Or, what's your name, kid? Connie? Uh, that name sucks. <laughs> that was a good fight. Uh, but, yeah. So, we'll go ahead and end it there. Uh, thank you all so much for playing. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. Uh, this has been the Wildmary School Bus with your world champion, Connie the Reach. Good night, Woo! everybody. Wait, I thought he was number one He is. For the world championship. No, he is the world champion. Contending no. for his own world championship? Correct. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, at least on the dad side, the genetics. That's the next like to residency. Oh my gosh! What? We fast forward forty years from now, and it's Travelor Swift versus Baron Trump <laughs> for the fate of the universe. <laughs> oh. I'd watch it. I would I'd too. like to be alive and I'd watch, watch it. Pay per view? Yeah, I'm here for it. In a no holds barred match, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Drew is incorrigible tonight. This is going to be a Drew, problem. Are you, are you tucked into bed now? No, he's tucked against bed now. <clears throat> he keeps saying this is where the magic happens, and it's starting to make me feel kind of weird. Oh, buddy. Oh, no. He well, looks like the Sith that's just staying at the place taking care of the rest of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep it. We'll we'll keep it short tonight for you, Drew. That way you don't have to suffer through too much. Oh no! Don't do anything on my account. <coughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> I hate that I love him so much. I know. It's, it's the curse of being friends with Drew is that you end up hating that you love him. If that's uh, that's a glorious cross to bear, though. That's that is the cross to bear, unfortunately. Wait, I missed it. What is the curse? Yep, that we hate how much we love you sometimes. Uh. Yeah, was that Beyonce that sang that song? Yeah. Don't look to me, I don't know. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to look at Matt Burlingame. <laughs> Actually, about me. Actually. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm quite really? into the queen. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.